Welcome to the Women of the Expanse podcast. I'm your host, Dee Dee. This episode gave us more character moments and a reunion between Kamina and Naomi. Plus, it got everyone where they needed to be for the series finale. Holden's decision from force projection looks even worse after the L's that the Joint Fleet received during this episode. But Holden's not going to apologize or even admit it to Avasarala. If anyone is a self-righteous shit, Kamina, it's James, not his partner. Now let's find out what the girls, women, and non-binary people of the Expanse did in Season 6, Episode 5, called Why We Fight. Kara Kara is sleeping in the woods after taking her dead brother to get fixed by the strange dogs. Her parents and some of the Laconian military are calling out for her. When she wakes up, Kara doesn't answer them. She walks further into the forest looking for the dogs. She finds a group of the dogs surrounding a revived Zan. His eyes are different and he asks Kara what it means to be in substrate. She doesn't know either. He says he feels weird and everything looks different. Kara doesn't care that her brother looks different and says things that don't make sense. She just hugs him and thanks the dogs for fixing him. Admiral Carino. Carino and her MCRN force head out to Medina Station. They eliminate sentries from the Free Navy at the ring. On a wideband channel, the Admiral announces herself and threatens to open fire unless they surrender. They prepare plasma warheads only, no what nuclear weapons. But she gets a report from multiple pla- about multiple plasma discharges coming from the ring station. They don't have time to investigate as several missiles are coming toward the Martian ships. Carino doesn't get to finish her request for emergency evasion before her ship is destroyed. Rosenfeld Guoling. Rosenfeld is delivering a report while Marco watches news feeds about unrest on Iapetus and other Belter stations. They salvage some parts from the Granicus that will be delivered to the Pella. She asks Marco if he would like Philip to be assigned to the detail. Marco doesn't care. It's of no concern to me, he says. He is more concerned about what's being said of him on the news feeds. They are calling it my war, he says. Rosenfeld tells him that Iapetus is one insignificant station. But Marco says it only takes one to create doubt. He blames this on Drummer. If enough Belters work with the inner planets, then the Free Navy could lose the war. That's why Rosenfeld urges Marco to go to Medina. With 1,300 systems and hundreds of colonies under your thumb, as much metal as we can mine, as many shipyards as we can build, anyone who wants access to that will have to ask you. But remember, Rosenfeld wants to be governor of Medina Station, so I think she's secretly picturing people asking her for access. She downplays Drummer's accomplishments as a raid of a defenseless supply depot, 
Marco seems to like what Rosenfeld is saying and walks close to her. But her hand terminal chimes and whatever Marco was going to do is forgotten. She gets word that the Martian ships around Medina have been destroyed and she wants to celebrate and leaves to make arrangements. As the celebration commences, Rosenfeld announces that the Martians were taken by surprise and all their ships were destroyed by their new railguns. They will drink Earther brandy liberated from Ceres Station in celebration. Tadeo has been sent to the brig because he broke radio silence looking for his brother on Ceres Station. Philip did some digging and told Tadeo the bad news that his brother didn't make it. Tadeo admits to being on the crew that set up mining charges on Ceres Station. He was told that no belters would be killed. Rosenfeld talks to Marco amid the celebrations. His verdict is that the inner planets have size and the free navy has numbers. They cannot engage with all the forces at once. She asks Marco about his father. Marco says he never knew him. Rosenfeld says he improved upon the role. It must suck to constantly have to blow smoke up this narcissist's butt. She shows Marco video of Philip's speech in the galley. It's hard to tell whether Marco is proud or suspicious of his son. Christian Avasarala. Back on the UNN Zenobia, they watch the last seconds of Carino's command. The railguns that fired on them were Martian design, but the metal was foreign, something they've never seen before. Bobby says that Marco traded the belt's protomolecule sample for Martian ships and weapons. Carino's ship took fire from five guns, but there are probably six in total. They are perched around the ring, ready to rain hell on anyone who approaches. Some members of the council want to blow up Medina so they can't supply Marco with any more ships or weapons. Bobby reminds them that the last time they fired up a nuke near a ring station, it powered up and almost wiped out the solar system. So that there's still time to engage with the Pella before it goes through the ring, but they would have to abandon Ceres Station. Gareth does his best Rosenfeld impression without knowing it by saying they don't owe Ceres a goddamn thing. Admiral Siddiqui wants to load up every warship they've got and ride out. But Avasarela says there aren't enough ships. The joint fleet is spread too thin. Avasarela wants to give the troops a fighting chance to win. She tells the council that they will have her decision soon and dismisses them. Then Avasarela asks Bobby for her opinion. Have I gone soft? Was I trying too hard to be good when I should have been ruthless? She makes an offhand comment about the warhead on the Rossi that misfired. And I'm glad that no one told Bobby what really happened in that moment. After being needled for a response, Bobby tells her that now is not the time for self-pity. Just keep your eyes on the enemy and wait for them to slip up again. I still think we're the good guys. And I'd rather do a little less soul searching and a lot more fighting back. I guess that wasn't what Avasarela wanted to hear, so she tells Bobby to go do something else. 
Officer Rolla tells Monica that they got some info from a belter on Ganymede about some experimental biotech that would help the whole solar system grow food faster. Monica echoes Bobby's words about one good person helping change the course of the war. Shout out to Prax. Christian takes a stimulant before welcoming James Holden. She says he really wastes her time, and that might be true, but he does piss her off a lot, especially in the books. James tells her about the risks involved in traveling through the rings. Ships that do are disappearing. James wants to share that info with Marco, thinking that he might back off. I thought James had left some of that naivete in, behind in seasons one and two, but nope. Christian shows James the free Navy railguns that destroyed six Martian ships in seconds. She can't afford to think about the future of ring transit until they end this war. Then she asks Holden how well he knows Kamina Drummer. Christian needs an ally, preferably a belter, with lots of ships and guns. Right now, Kamina fits the bill. Bobby Draper. Bobby's in the bar in Ceres Station, in Civvies, when she sees Amos stumble in. He's got scratches and glitter on his neck and just been fucked hair. Bobby's been trying to forget how much she hates politics. She doesn't think they'll lose or win, that their grandchildren will still be fighting over the same things a hundred years from now. Amos tells Bobby that Holden disarmed the nuke and Bobby just laughs. Amos doesn't know what he's fighting for and Bobby says in the end all you can do is fight for your people, which is something that Naomi echoes later in the episode. Amos finally decides to go back to the Rossi after one more trip to the brothel. He invites Bobby and... Ew. Clarissa Mal. Clarissa tells James that the UNN will reinforce the Rossi's hull with carbon silicate lace plating. It's some kind of new armor that's used on UNN-1. It came from protomolecule research, which reminds Clarissa of her dad, who did terrible things with the protomolecule to ensure the survival of our species. Stuff like this makes him seem right, and that makes Clarissa uneasy. She tells James that Amos went out to the station and doesn't know when he'll be back. Then Clarissa stumbles after packing suits and helmets away. This is probably related to using her mods in the x-ray bonus content last week. Naomi Nagata. Naomi is listening to a message from Dr. L.V. Okoye. The doctor concludes that many of the ship's dis ship disappearances in the data were similar to the Barkeith. She thinks the data suggests that there is a mass energy threshold that comes before or even triggers these disappearances. All of this makes using the rings dangerous. James says that Avasarala needs to see this data, that it's bigger than the war. I don't think Avasarala will agree with that, but whatever, James. Naomi's looking at the news feeds and laughs, but she's not laughing at James though she could. 
She's laughing with joy at the news of Kamina Drummer bringing food and supplies to Ceres Station. She removed and surgery done to prepare for a prosthetic. Kamina gets a message from Naomi on her hand terminal. Naomi had just seen the report on the newsfeed. This is before James spoke to Alvisarala and before anyone asked Naomi to get Kamina to fight with Christian. Michio and Joseph decide to stay on Ceres Station while Kamina goes on to fight the Free Navy. Kamina tells them that she loved them because they were builders. She wanted to build something with them. Naomi is waiting for Kamina outside her ship. They have some awkward small talk and you can tell that Kamina wants to hug Naomi but doesn't for some reason. She invites Naomi inside the Tynan. Naomi calls it a fine ship. She asks to meet Kamina's family, but they're gone. Kamina goes through the list of losses she's had while saving the Rocinante or opposing Marco. Kamina wants to know why Naomi came to see her. Holden asked her to appeal to Drummer so that she might fight with Alvisarala against the Free Navy. Kamina asks Naomi how she can fight with and live with inners, how she can pick their side over and over again. But we know that Naomi has not always picked their side. She most definitely picked the Belters when she gave Fred Johnson the protomolecule sample, and the crew members of the Rossi who came from inner planets made her miserable about that for the better part of a season. Anyway, Naomi tells Kamina that, we, that all we can do now is stand by the people we love. Kamina says, fuck you, you self-righteous shit, but finally hugs her. Something that Naomi said must have gotten through to Kamina because she does agree to meet with Christian in set terms. Will the Belters be remembered after the war is over? Christian promises they will. Kamina's people will not take orders from Christian. They shake hands and an alliance is born. And that's everything the girls, women, and non-binary people did in The Expanse Season 6, Episode 5, Why We Fight. That's also it for the Women of the Expanse podcast. Thanks for listening.